refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Remember, church, as I go through this, I just want to remind you real quick, if I may, as to um, what this means to us. Surely he deliver you from the snare of the fowler. My brothers and sisters, obviously the enemy of our soul is setting us traps. He's trying to tempt us. And so he's going to, God will deliver us from those traps. He's going to provide us a way out of that temptation every time. And he'll deliver us from perilous pestilence, plagues, diseases, things of that nature. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler against all of those fiery darts of anything that comes at you. All of those weapons of our enemy that, are, that is meant to, to bring you down, to cause you problems. He is your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor by the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. My brothers and sisters, I'm so grateful and thankful. Let's do that later. Say again? Okay. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. My brothers and sisters, we have all of these promises from God. God is our shield, our buckler. He's our defense. He blesses us. Amen? He is for us. We shouldn't have to fear anything in this day and age. This is not outdated. This is true today. But notice the condition. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow, under that wing, under the protection Right? We got into this last week. And remember, just for your remembrance, dwells in that secret place. Dwells to sit down, to settle in, to remain, inhabit, to marry with, to be joined with. Amen? That's what that word dwell means. It's, it's, it's from the Hebrew. And it means all of that, to be married to, to be in one with. Amen? Remember this Psalm 36, 7. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wing, under that shadow, that protection of being in that proximity to God, to being in that closeness. I, I like this because remember last week we, well, I shared with you that passage and we're all familiar with where Jesus says he's going into Jerusalem for the last time. He knows he's about to suffer, but he pauses and he weeps over Jerusalem. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, so you who kill the prophets, he, how, how many times I would have wanted to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. How I would have gathered you under my wing to protect you, to guard you, to guide you, to hold you close to me. See, that's what this is. is it's about being joined with God, to dwell with God, to have His protection, to be held by God. Hey, how many of you, I mean, I know there are many in here who have raised babies, or at least you've been around babies. Have you ever noticed, that, and I'm just noticing now, my, my praise the Lord, praise report, um, our granddaughters are home. After all those days, they, our granddaughters are home. Um, but I noticed that, you know, and you've noticed it too, sometimes when a baby's crying, the baby's um, just hurting, or, or sometimes you just hold that baby and it soothes or settles. Have, have you noticed that? 
my children, when they were younger, they used to, they were just prone for whatever reason to ear infections, throat infections, as it were. And I just remember they just would not sleep. They just could not sleep. And I try to give Michelle a break as much as I can. And with each child, but specifically with Rachel, my daughter, what, what, the only way she would sleep is I would have to kind of sleep myself kind of on a slight incline and I'd have her close to me, hold her close to me, and she would sleep. That would be the only way that she could sleep. I had to have one leg hanging out of the bed because I didn't want to roll over on her. But, 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 but you know, I'm saying that, and, and my brothers and sisters, so that when, when we're looking at a scripture like this, and when we're, okay, God, what does this mean? To me, this is exactly what this is saying. God wants to hold us close to him. He wants us, he wants us to feel that, to know that that we're held close to Him, that He's got us. So in order for that to happen, remember, you know, we have to abide under this shadow. We have, to, we have to get into this secret place so that we can enjoy that with Him. Are you with me? Okay, so this, this Old Testament, remember last week in the Old Testament, they had the, tab- the tabernacle of meeting and the temple, and in the temple the, there was the holy place set up, and then the veil to get to the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was, Remember? Okay, that all is, is uh, signifying of something. And then also remember, Jesus cried with a loud voice when he, he gave up the ghost. He cried with a loud voice. And when he died, that veil, that, that curtain, that heavy curtain was ripped from top to bottom in two, exposing then the holy place. Giving us, We have access to the Holy of Holies now through Christ Jesus. Amen? Jesus allowed us to get into the Holy of Holies. Now we can get into that secret place. Hallelujah. That's good news. That's, that's, that's the greatest thing that the gospel tells us. We're, we're reconciled back with God. We can be in this relationship with God. We can, God. God wants to hold us close, but our sin made that impossible. But God now made a way through His own flesh that we can now be held by Him. We can get into that secret place with Him. Amen? That veil is split. And now we get to abide. So we're going to go to another scripture today. Hebrews 10, beginning in verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. The veil isn't this flesh, right? It's, it, it, that could, the, the, it was the real and living way that he consecrated us and made that. His flesh was the way that he made through the veil. That's what that's saying, okay? All right. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So there's a couple of elements here um, that I want to discuss here very quickly. Uh, Having our hearts sprinkled, our bodies washed with pure water. If you'd put that next slide up, thank you very much, Nyla. I appreciate that. No? Hearts with the two bullet points? They're not there. There they are. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So there's two elements, having our hearts sprinkled and our bodies washed with pure water. Those two elements seem very significant in this passage, right? But, but, but why? Remember, we had the, the physical picture painted for us, that physical illustration with the Old Testament and the Old Covenant where we have the temple and the presence of God, where the presence of God was and only Aaron and his uh, sons can, can approach or get into the... Only Aaron at that point could get uh, into the Holy of Holies. 
to get behind the veil. But as we know that there were certain things that even Aaron had to do, and those of us who are studying on Wednesday night together, we actually covered this Wednesday night in that study, and I don't think that it's, in, it's any coincidence. Remember, we were in Le- Leviticus 16, and in Leviticus 16, God says to Moses, tell Aaron that he can't approach me any, other, any old way. I must say this in tonal language so I don't have to read it to you. Tell Aaron that he cannot approach me in any old way. And he says, make sure, and he tells him, make sure that he's wearing the proper clothes. This linen turban and the linen that he was supposed to wear, these linen garments. However, make sure that he washes in clean water before he puts these things on. Right? Remember that? Who's, those of us who were studying on Wednesday. So you can't get into this secret place, Aaron. You can't get, Moses, make sure that he understands this. He cannot get into this secret place. He cannot get into my presence without, follow, without being washed with clean water. He has to be clean. And then we know that that was ceremonially, that was speaking to a cleanliness, to getting the filth of the world off of us. But then also, my brothers and sisters, he said that he cannot come into my presence until he sacrificed a bull for himself and for his family. That bull must be sacrificed. That bull must be burnt. And the blood of that bull has to be sprinkled. Our bodies were washed with pure water, having our hearts sprinkled. Sprinkled with what? The blood of that bull. That blood had to be... Why? Because only the blood could atone for that sin that he had committed. He and the children of Israel. And then likewise, there was also that command that God gave for the children. For the atonement of the children of Israel, there's going to be one goat that's going to have to be slain. Its its blood is going to have to be spilled. And it's going to have to be burned. But you take that blood and you sprinkle that on the, the Holy of Holies, on the mercy seat. And you make sure. Why? Because that blood has to be sprinkled in order for the sin, the, that sin of Israel to be atoned for. Amen? So, we, so, so what? So now we have this blood of Jesus. We, we have this blood. We have to understand, my brothers and sisters, that it was necessary. We have to understand the reasoning behind this. And here's the problem with this. This is not being preached and taught in churches or it's done just kind of on a superficial basis. And you notice that it says to us, look, I, I want to go back just a minute. You don't have to go there, Nyla. You can leave that up. <clears throat> Having high priests over the house, let us draw near with God in full assurance of faith in full assurance of faith. We have to have faith. We, listen, we have to understand and know that the blood of Jesus atoned for our sins. We have to understand that that's done. We have to have confidence and not go in there feeling guilty and cower before God. We have to know that by faith that that blood of Jesus atoned for our sins. And we have to understand and take that sacrament or that sacrifice so seriously. And not just blush over it really quick and not just come to an altar when I was 12 years old and say, oh, I trust Jesus. No, understand that there was a sacrifice. There was blood that had to be shed because I was sinful. There was blood that had to be shed so that I can get into that holy place. There was blood. There was a sacrifice that had to be made so that I can get in the presence of God. Amen? All right. But then let's look again now at this washing with the water thing. So we know that also in Leviticus, it speaks to that. Remember? He had to wash before he put his linen on and, and his turban, right? 
In Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, here's what it says. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with washing of water by the word. Okay, so watch. Now, does that mean, if you look at what is um, shown to us in Leviticus and in other passages in the Old Testament where the priest getting into the holy place, getting into the presence of God, had to be clean. Even remember, my brothers and sisters, and those of us who have been studying together, uh, when the the Israelites were at the base of Mount Sinai, what did God say to Moses? Tell them to get washed. Tell them to wash themselves. They still can't touch this mountain. They still can't cross this border. But I'm coming down to speak with them. Tell them to get clean. So I hope you all took a bath before you came to church this morning. Uh-oh. There's a little doubt on this side, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come over here. No, come on now. You know what I'm saying. My brothers and sisters, so now what does this mean? This is, this, and the, so that scripture that we just read together in Ephesians, it's talking about being cleansed by the washing of water by the Word. The Word cleanses me. How, how, how does that happen? How does the Word cleanse me? The Word points out the dirt in my life. The Word starts to point out these dirty areas of my life. I, then I have not just the mental disposition, I'm going to try real hard not to do that anymore, or I'm going to try real hard to do this instead, or blah, blah, blah. No, that it's settled in my heart, in my spirit, that if I'm serious about going after God, therefore, you know, I'm going to go ahead and forego this or that or the other thing, as it were. Amen? I'm going to go ahead and do something different. Anybody made that decision? Amen. So John 17, 17, this is Jesus when he's praying to God. Just write it down, go there later. Sanctify them by your truth. He's praying to the Father. Sanctify them by your truth. Set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. John 15, 3, you are already, because this is Jesus saying something to his disciples now. You are already clean because of the word which I have given you. You are already clean, why? Because of the word which I have given you. See, my brothers, is there any doubt as to what makes New Testament believers, New Covenant believers, when it's speaking to that, you know, that model that we have as it relates to being the temple of God in the Old Testament compared to the New Testament, we've got the blood of Christ sprinkled, no longer guilty. The sin debt has been paid by the blood of Christ. We have the Word that washes us clean. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Then lastly, 1 Corinthians. This will be on the board. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. It says, such were some of you. Now when he says this, the Apostle Paul or the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, he's saying, you used to be sinners like all of them. You used to do these things and he named some of those things. You used to do these things, but you were washed. But you were washed. You were sanctified. See that washing, my brothers and sisters, getting that filth out, that doesn't, by the mercy and grace of God, give us permission to do it. The Word tells us that we're washed. You used to do it. You used to have doubt about your sexuality. You used to have doubt about whether you should stay married. You used to have doubt about, come on, just fill in the blank. You used to have doubt as to whether you should tithe. You used to have doubt as to whether you used to make offerings. You used to have doubt as to whether it's okay just to go ahead and cheat on your taxes. You used to have doubt. That should be not uh, any point, none of those things should be any issue with us. 
Listen, I'm not saying that if it is, you've got major problems. No, if it is, let's go to God. Because His Word provides for us. His mercy does provide for us. His blood does provide for us. But not provide us a way to continue therein, a way so that we can get out of it. A way that we can be strengthened. That we can be, listen, we can settle it in our minds and in our hearts and in our spirits that this is what I want to do. This is the way I'm going to approach God. And listen, when we approach God in that way, He doesn't say, okay now. See, I don't want anybody to mistake this because this is always what I get accused of or people like me who, are, who preach the Word the whole counsel of God. Well, you're, you're, you're intolerant. Or um, um, you're, you're too uh, fanatical. Or you're too dogmatic. Or you're too this. No, I'm, just, I'm saying what the Word of God says. The problem is, my brothers and sisters, if we take that Word and we take it not seriously, when He's saying to bind it about our necks, when he's saying, to, man, he said, you need to go ahead and live this. This needs to be before you. This needs to be taken seriously. Oh, even the Old Testament, Tony? Yes, because the Old Testament shows us in the natural what's happening in the supernatural. We have those examples that we referred back to as it relates to cleanliness, but we see how God provided spiritually how that's taken care of with us who are now the tabernacle of God. Amen? So I don't want anybody to think, well, because I've said those things, that means, man, you better have your act together before you come to God. No! None of us are clean. We need God to get clean. I'm talking about you've gone there now. You've received Jesus Christ. You've repented. And now you want to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You want all of those benefits that God has promised you. You want to be held close to God. And you want to know that you know that you know. You speak, He's listening, and you've got it. Toyota. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen? Alright. So now watch. We're there. You're washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Could you put that one back up there, please? It's 1 Corinthians 6. We're still there. Such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. See, my brother and sister, now this is speaking not to when you went to Him. He's saying, that's what you were, but here's what happened. After you came, you were washed and sanctified. You were cleaned by the Word, set apart for His, right? For His service, for His use, to be His child. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, well, how did that happen? His blood, right? It made you just as if you hadn't sinned. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So now, listen, it begins with receiving the blood of Christ. Remember? Initially, going to Him, repenting, and understanding now that we have this close relationship with God because my debt has already been paid and my sin has all been forgiven. Hallelujah! Now I can approach Him and not worry about being kicked aside or not being, am I worthy? No, Christ made me worthy. Hallelujah! I can go to Him. My debt has been paid. But my brothers and sisters, see, I had to hear something first. I had to hear that word. I, hear that, I heard that word first. I didn't just decide one day, I'm going to believe in Jesus. Well, believe what? See, that's, that's part of this problem, y'all. I believe in Jesus. Okay, what do you believe? What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about Him? Well, I believe that He took my sins away. Okay, great, fantastic. What's behind that? 
Do you really understand that you truly were a sinner? Do you truly understand that even those things that we used to give ourselves permission for, even when we were baby Christians, now that we're older in the Lord, do, do you understand how, how putrid, how disgusting that your sin is before God? And, and, and when you went to Jesus, did you understand that Jesus preached a gospel of repentance? Jesus, did. Jesus said, okay, come to me and we're going to change. Come to me. Your sin is forgiven and we're going to go a different way. Not believe in me and everything's good. Your insurance is paid. No, come to me. I'm giving, come to me. And, and I'm, me and we're going to set you apart. You're going to be different than you were. We're going to work on it. We're going to work on it together. I'm going to make a deposit of my Holy Spirit in you. The Spirit of truth is now going to live inside of you. And we're going to start this process. We're going to start this process of sanctification. We're going to, we're going to usher you in because I'm in with the Father. You're in with the Father. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Hallelujah. But see, but, but, so look, it's receiving the blood and receiving His whole Word. See, here's another place where we suffer where we can't stay and, and, and really get under the, the wings of God is because we believe part of the Word, but not all of the Word. My brothers and sisters, I'm not saying we just in this church, but we in general. People in churches all over the land, especially in this culturally friendly, the, the seeker-friendly churches. Man, we're all in about some of the things that we want to do. We want to, there are even ministers now who are okay with certain things being left out of the, the, the messages and left out of the Word because it's too hard for the culture to grasp. I've heard something as early as uh, today uh, where a very learned minister uh, was his speaking, and I, I may share some more with you in the days to come. But my brothers and sisters, we're ministers. I'm not talking about self-appointed ministers who one day just decided they were a Bible scholar. I'm talking about people who studied and preached truth for a while, have now come up with the idea that, you know, if someone has a problem with Jonah in the whale, it's okay, we'll leave that part out. If someone has a problem with Noah's Ark, where, you know, how could one man do all of that, then, okay, we'll leave that part out. Oh, no. Because, my brothers and sisters, as soon as we as individuals or we as um, individuals under somebody's teaching allow that person or people to deviate from this, we become a cult. We become a cult. And we're no longer following the Lord, we're following the, the teachings of that person or those people. And we're in danger now. Why? Because God is looking to punish us? No, God is saying, the blessing, I'm over here. But, but you kind of strayed. You went over there. I'm over here. I, I, I'm, I'm still not hiding myself. I still love you. I, I still want you to be with me. I've given you my word. I've revealed myself. And, 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 I, and, I, and I want fellowship with you. But now you have these seeker-friendly churches and these new things that are, are, are speaking things. And, and Here's the other thing. If we're going to go ahead and take some parts out, as it were, who makes the decision as to what's real and what's not? Let me ask you all something and be honest with me. If I started saying, well, you know, the Lord spoke to me and <clears throat> no longer do I think it was Adam and Eve in the garden. I think it was Adam and Eve and maybe a couple of more uh, people. W- would you follow me? W- would you continue to come to the church? 
uh, you know, if I started telling, well, you know what, the Lord has revealed something to me, and, and you know, this part, well, we don't have to you know, adhere to that, or, or we could go ahead, and, and God really didn't mean that. He meant this, and I started straying from this. Would you stay? Thank God you wouldn't. Thank God you wouldn't. You better get up out of here as quick as you can. Because who made me God? Who, who is the one who told me what's true in here and what's not? Who, you know, what I have the right to rip out and what I should leave in? No. It's, it's, this is God. All Scripture is divinely inspired. All Scripture. Amen? And I can't choose, or you can't choose, he, she, they can't choose what should be left in and what should be left out. I also want to point out to you in that scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, but uh, if, could we turn it on real quick? Yeah, I have underlined here for a reason, Spirit of our God. Remember now, it's, it takes the sprinkling and the cleaning, right? It takes the blood of Christ, it takes the Word of God, but it all has to be ministered to us, witnessed to us by His Holy Spirit. Remember, I cannot even understand God whole. I can't even say Jesus Christ is Lord and mean it in my heart without the Holy Spirit. Scripturally, that, that's what the Scripture says. I need His Spirit in me to help me to understand His Word, to get the revelation that I need, to, to really and honestly believe. Faith. Faith is a gift from God. I receive it when I, listen, when I believe in Him, when I hear that Word, and I respond to that word, I ask him to, to slay me. I ask him to take my life. Not to add his life to mine, but to take my life. When I volunteer, when I surrender my life, when I surrender my heart, Jesus, I want to follow you. I don't want you to come down here and follow me and make my life better. I want to follow you and live the life that you intended for me. When I say those words, his spirit comes inside of me. I receive the spirit of adoption. Now I can call God my father. Hallelujah. I received His Word and His Spirit. See, remember, we also know this because the, the, the Apostle by the Holy Spirit told us that we can't understand the things of God because they have to be spiritually discerned. And a man's spirit cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God. They can only understand, can only understand the Spirit of a man. So to understand the things of the Spirit of God, we must have God's Spirit. They're spiritually discerned and then God's Spirit ministers to our spirit the things of God. Right? We studied that together, so I should have heard a few more amens than that. Now, maybe some of you weren't there when we studied that, so we'll just go ahead and go on through. I just want to remind you of a couple of scriptures here, just to make the point solid, where it's not Tony speaking. This is the Word of God. John 14, 23. Jesus answered them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come and make our home with Him. We will come and dwell with Him. We will come and abide. Remember, right? We're talking about living with God. Abiding under the shadow of His wing. So look at what Jesus says. If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. And then we'll abide together. He'll abide with me. I, I love, I'm just going to give you a few more. Because these, my brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to bog you down with Scripture. I'm just trying to show you where the Scripture is so specific. And what we have, because this is truth. My word isn't necessarily true, but His word is always true. So 1 John four fifteen and 16, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He abides in God. And we have known and believed that the love that God has for us, God is love, and He who abides in love 
abides in God and God in him. So now, so now watch, a little bit wordy. So, so what is that saying? See, if we believe, I, I just want to go, how it's worded, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. That's important, right? That's a key element to this whole thing. It's a key element to this whole thing. See, a lot of people will say that Jesus is the Son of God or Jesus is Lord, but they really don't know what they're saying and they're not convinced in their heart. This makes the assumption that you understand that all that goes with that. This makes the assumption that when you confess that Jesus is the Son of God, that you understand that He is God in the flesh. And you believe it and you adhere to it you're trusting in it, you're relying upon it, you're living your life according to it. That's what that is. Well, Tony, that sounds like a lot of words. That's a... No, it's just like you can't say Jesus is Lord unless by the Holy Spirit. Well, there are a lot of people that roll that off their tongues. Well, that means that the Holy Spirit's in them when they're saying it, right? No. What that scripture is saying, that you can't say that Jesus is Lord and, and actually be true unless the Holy Spirit's in you. I'm not adding words. I'm telling you what the Scripture is teaching us. So likewise, in this case, when you confess that Jesus is the Son of God, this is also making the assumption that you understand what goes with that. That He is God in the flesh. That He's the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? And that you're going to believe in Him. That you're going to trust in Him. And that's how you... Then, then God and you are abiding together. Amen? This one. John six fifty six. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. That was the one, remember, if you'll remember, that was the one when Jesus taught that one, when Jesus preached that, a lot of people left. What in the world is he talking about? Well, if you, if you look at what Jesus, in the context that Jesus was saying, he just fed a bunch of people. And then after this, he talks about the manna that came from heaven. But he's talking about, listen, he's talking about spiritual food, Versus physical food. That's what he's saying. When we eat his flesh, we're devouring the word of God. He is the living word of God. When he's talking, and, and, and know, what I, know how else I know that? Because I'm smart, of course. No, because l- listen to what Jesus said. Man shall not, listen, live by bread alone. When he was being tempted by the enemy. Didn't he say that? Remember, he was a man. He was a man being totally tempted by the enemy. In his, in his body. His physical body, he was being tempted. Right? He's, he's hungry. He's on his long fast. And the enemy tempts him to eat bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So how do I know that when he's talking about, he who eats my body, he's talking about that. He's the living word. And he already said something. He already showed us what that means to him. He's talking about the spiritual bread, the spiritual food. And then he talks about drinking his blood. Drinking his blood? Are you kidding me? Even in the Old Testament, it talks so plainly, you shouldn't drink the blood of the animals. So is Jesus all of a sudden saying, no, 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 here's what he's saying. You have to understand it has to be part of you that my blood is the atonement for your sin, that my blood is so powerful, it's powerful enough to take away every sin that you've committed and every sin that you will commit and not only you, everybody who would ever live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? See, this is what it's saying. When you drink that, when you take that in, it becomes part of you. You're in communion with it. 
Amen? That's part, is, is it part of you? Do you really believe it? Do you really trust in that? Are you, listen, do you live your life like that? Do you really honestly believe that you have, when, when you absolutely, positively gave yourself to the fact that Jesus' blood is able to wash away your sin, to cleanse you from all sin and unrighteousness, do you believe that? Amen. Amen. So now watch. I want to tell you what goes along with that. Right? See, this is what it is. And we can't, we should, help me Lord. We shouldn't just keep this shallow understanding of what that is. I sin, he shed his blood, I'm, do, I'm good. No, remember, we need to understand something. What is it? Pastor, you, you're boring me. No, what we need to understand, our sin is so horrible. It's so, and no matter what, because our culture celebrates some sin now. You know, we, it's, it's, Sin doesn't really bother us anymore. We can do this. We can do whatever we want. If it's your truth, it's good. No, that's not true. As far as God's concerned, our sin, our disobedience to His Word is deplorable. It's disgusting. It's so disgusting. Remember, we're studying on Wednesdays that He he has the blood of bulls and goats just trying to, to, to be spilled so that there could be some kind of communication, some kind of fellowship between Him and His people. Right? Right? Come on, stay with me now. Stay with me. So yes, His blood, it's so powerful. My sin and my guilt are gone. Yeah, but understand, your sin is so terrible. Your sin is so deplorable that He had to be beat beyond recognition and have all of His blood spilled so that you and I can live, even though He did nothing wrong. He did absolutely nothing wrong. He fulfilled the law of God. He was the only person that ever did it. He fulfilled the the law of God perfectly. And he was killed because of it. But then, my brothers and sisters, okay, so now, okay, Tony, I understand that. You've said it more than once. And certainly on Wednesdays, we've just studied it together. So I understand that my sin is horrible. It's disgusting to God. And, and I understand. I receive that. And so I understand what the sacrifice, the big sacrifice that was made for me. And I, and I receive it. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for suffering for me. Okay, but now let's take it to the next step. Shouldn't that try to at least have some kind of influence or deter me from sinning again? If I know what it cost him and I know how deplorable it is, I know how disgusting it is to God, shouldn't that be a deterrent? See, no, I'm, I'm just trying to get into heaven. No, I'm just trying not to offend the one who loved me that much. There's a difference. Hallelujah. Did I go overboard with that, folks? I, I got to tell you, my, that's my heart. My heart. Our hearts. You know, I think if we, if we, could get, if we can grasp that, if we can meditate on, on a little bit and not feel guilty about it, not feel guilty when we make a, a mistake, but the mistake, my brothers and sisters, is just that. It's, it's a mistake. It's not where we're going out there and willfully doing things that we want to do versus no matter what God says about it. So let's continue. In Psalm 31, 19 and 20, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. See see what the scripture is saying to us? Look, 
fear him, not be afraid of him, but respect him and be in awe of him. You know that. And, and, and having said what I just said, man, to receive that and be in awe of that. And then you know, so go, let that be the guide to our lives. Amen? But then look, not only that, in the presence of the sons of men, in the presence of other human beings. See, we can't just be all churchy when we're around church people and then be in the world when we're around other groups of friends or kind of tone it back because we're afraid that they're not going to receive us. They're going to make fun of us. They're not going to want to be around us. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. In fact, I will tell you that if it's not happening, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. Someone should be rejecting you. Someone is somewhere, somewhere along the line. I'm not going to say every day. Someone, there's going to be someone who doesn't want to hang around you anymore once you start living that way. That you trust, you put your whole trust in the Lord in the presence of men. Amen? Amen. Boy, you're pretty quiet this morning. Pretty quiet. But see, remember what the thing is. I want to be in that secret place. I want to be under the shelter of God. So, you know how I am. I'd just like to show you something. So look. I I see this a lot. Obviously, when it's raining, you're sheltered from the rain. But I see it a lot even um, on sunshiny days where people are trying to Escape those rays of the sun, right? I, I've, I've got a, uh, an assistant mechanic. He had to, he's been spending some time in his off time with his family. Uh, they've got a place, and so when he gets off work, he, guns, he runs with his family. And I noticed the other day, because he shaves his head bald, the other day, his, the top of his head looked a little messed up. Steve wears a hat. He's smart. But he, the top of his head was a little messed up. And he was bending down, working on a piece of equipment. I said, hey, man, what happened? Ah, this the sun. We're out there playing with the kids and all that other stuff. See, now watch. Just as a result of being out there, it happened. Right? So we know I'm protected. This is what I'm talking about. Something so simple. This is what we're talking about. This is what the scripture says. You're going to be sheltered. But now watch. For us, maybe this is too simplistic of of an illustration. Because, you know, if it's raining, I stick my hand out. Yeah, my hand might get a little wet. Ooh, that rain is cold. Or, you know, I'm being sheltered from the sun or whatever it is. I stick my hand out. I ain't got to worry about, you know, getting sunburned for a long time or whatever. Just sticking my hand out and sampling how hot it is, how strong the light is, that kind of thing. You understand? You follow me? I can even do this. Not be totally soaked. Hey, it's not raining a lot. My brothers and sisters... I think a lot of us, and me at times, we live our lives that way. See, God has provided this shelter for us. He's always trying to keep us close to Him. But every once in a while, we'll just throw a hand out there, see what it's like. Maybe stick our foot out there, you know. Maybe even pop the head out a little bit. The problem is, my brothers and sisters, we're subject to what's out there when we do that. See, we make a bad decision. We make a bad decision. We didn't consider it prayerfully. Or we put a fleece before God and we let the fleece work out because in our hearts, in our human hearts, and in our minds, according to our flesh, we wanted something to go a certain way. Well, God, if you want me to date this boy, he's going to call me by 7 o'clock. And then you're just waiting for that 7 o'clock. And then you even can text your friend, I hope he called me by 7 o'clock. Then the friend says, call her by 7 o'clock. 
You make it fall that way. Do you, I'm not trying to be silly, but you understand what I'm trying to say. We as human beings, because we have a will and because we want things to be a certain way, we have these desires in our heart, we try to justify and do, and so we make some bad decisions. So I'm making a bad decision. I made a bad decision. So now, is God going to punish me? No. I'm subject to what's out there. I'm subject to what's out there. So I'm just going to... It's not going to be too big a deal, Tony. It's just going to be a little thing, a minor thing. I'm going to stick my hand out there and just feel what it's like. Okay, what you did by doing that was you just gave the enemy a point of contact. You just gave him a target. You just showed him a little bit of an opening in the armor. And so here's what the problem is. <laughs> like, we just gave, showed him what he has to do. And when he sends that thing in there, it doesn't stay that little thing. You've gave him a point of contact. You've given him, excuse my English, you've given him a point of contact. And now that little thing has the opportunity to become a big thing. See, I want, to be, I want to stay under the shelter of His wing. I want to be in that secret place with Him. I want to be in that secret place. So now, I, I showed you that, but I, I, want to, I just want to read some things to you out of Psalm 63. If you would just hang with me just a little while, I'm going to read to you. Check it out later. Oh God, You are my God. Early will I seek You. Early will I seek You. Listen, my brothers and sisters, let's not wait until the, to, till the, the, it's just such a dire situation. Let's, let's not seek Him when it's all of a sudden everything's blown up. We should be seeking Him early, often. Hallelujah. My soul, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Can you imagine? Now it's getting hot. So it doesn't take long for us to go out there and whether we're playing sports or you know, participating in athletic events or whether we're just working or doing, working around the yard. Or, you don't have to be doing much. You ever get so thirsty, man, you see a puddle of water and you drink out of it? Hope not. But I say that. I had a guy who worked for me one time. He was so thirsty, he drank out of a lake. One of a ponds on a golf course. I said, oh, you got to be kidding me. But that's how thirsty he was. Instead of going back to the shop or whatever, man, can you imagine being, have you ever been that hungry, man, where, where you just consider eating just about, man, the, the paper on the McDonald's hamburger looked good to you. Am I talking Greek up here or what? Am I the only guy that's ever fasted or any you know, that has been that hungry? Have you been so hungry where you would consider eating even some things you didn't like, you were just hungry? Or so thirsty where you just drink anything, if it's fluid, you're going to drink it. Man, see, this is what this scripture is saying to us. We need to be that desperate for God. Where it's not even something where we make the decision. The decision is, is bodily. It's something, I need you. I need you. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Because your loving kindness is better than life. Look, look, so I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and glory. I've looked for you in your sanctuary to see your power and glory. I want to see you glorified, Jesus. I want to see you. I want to gather at the church. I want to gather myself. I want to see you glorified in this sanctuary. I want to see you glorified in that sanctuary. I want to see you. I want to see your power. I want to see you glorified. Amen? Again, then it says, because your loving kindness is better in life, my lips shall praise you. Amen. See, 
My brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing, how good it's going, how bad it's going. We still have this understanding that God loves us. His mercies, His loving kindness is always toward us. And even in the middle of a bad situation when it doesn't seem like God God might be far from me, He's not far from you. See what it says? Just praise Him. Just praise Him. Just lift it up. Even in the middle of a bad situation. Because when you praise Him in the middle of a bad situation, you're saying, God, I trust You. I believe You. I know that you have my best interests at your heart and I don't care what it looks like, I trust you. I trust you. Amen? See, the problem is when things are going bad, we start to lose track a little bit. And then, listen, when things go bad, instead of us getting close and tucking ourselves under, we're, we're, we're kind of seeing if we could try something else. Let's, let's try. And the devil is there. He's going to talk to you. Oh, man. See, that don't work. Well, Pastor Tony's adding real. No. No, don't try that. Just get as close underneath that thing as you can get. That means you get yourself around some praying and praising people. Don't get around somebody who's just going to sit there and commiserate with you. It's okay to mourn with those who mourn. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not going to sit there and tell you, oh, you're so right, sister. It's so unfair. Oh, brother, it's so... Yeah, everything's stacked against you. Oh, yeah, they did you dirty. Oh, no. No, I'm going to get around you and say, God! But God, yeah, it's going bad for you right now, but let's go ahead and join because what he said is any two that we ask and receive, what's bound on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So let's get together and let's bind ourselves together. I got somebody back there praising the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not going to commiserate with you. I'm going to mourn with you. I'm going to mourn with you. Man, I'm going to, I'm going to have, I'm going to, just, man, yeah, my heart's going to go out to you. I'm going to have compassion with you, but we're going to go to God. So, man, sometimes I've had people come to me asking for things. I say, I don't know what the answer is, but I do know who has the answer. Let's pray together. Let's go. And they go walk away disappointed. I'm not going to make something up. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. But what I'm going to tell you is I know who, who is able and who loves you and who wants you so close that he can that you can't even breathe. He wants to hang on to you so tight. So just let's, let's go. Let's get together. Hey, that's it. Let's get together. And let's jump back in his arms. Hallelujah. So praise him. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will bless you while I live. How about that? We're always looking for God to bless us. Let's bless him. How am I going to bless him? I'm going to live and do what he asked me to do. I'm going to praise him. Not just when things are going good. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to pray to Him. I'm going to meditate on His Word. I will lift up my hands in Your name. I'm going to lift up my hands and I'm going to pray even though the presence of the sons of men. And they're going to say, Ooh, he's one of them. Ooh, she's one of them. She, she must go to that church over there. I don't care. I'm going to get down on my knees. Might be get, getting down on my knees in front of people. Let them make fun of me. I'm glorifying God. I'm, get, I'm not afraid. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to praise Him. Hallelujah. I'm going to lift up my hands in Your name. My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise You with joyful lips. See, it's okay when you get in your closet to go ahead and say, God, my heart is heavy. I need Your help. God, this situation is bringing me down. I need your help. It's okay to do that. But man, when you're not in your class and you're out there, you can't praise His holy name. And I'm not talking about the phony stuff because, oh, you know, you've seen it. We've seen it in churches. Maybe young people don't have as much experience as us old people. But 
Oh yeah, God is good. Praise the Lord. And you, and, and and a person is oh so, yeah, I'm so just suffering for Jesus' sake. And, and, you know, praise the Lord. And and you know that they're dying. They're they're saying it, but they don't mean it. And now I'm not. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not saying. Oh, you know, they're wrong. They're bad. They're sinning. I'm just saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Do from your heart. Praise Him from your heart. Think about the good things that He's done for you. Even if, it's, even if there's some bad things that are going on, you're still some good things. Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. Jesus has made a way. So continue to praise Him with joyful lips. Praise Him with joyful lips. Be joyous about it, not mournful about it. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate you in the night watch. I meditate. Listen, do you, you see that? I meditate in the night watches. How much time do you spend or do we spend meditating on the Lord? His Word, the great things that He's done for us. How much time, or how much time are we, Ooh, man, did you see that? I'm going to like that. Let's see how many likes I got. How much time are we doing all of that? And how much time are we actually meditating on God? See, meditating on God doesn't mean that you have to go always find that closet, get down on your hands and knees and do all this other stuff like we're saying, which I think I love to do. No, meditating on God is just, you know, you leave out of here and say, I wonder if that, let me think about it. You know, Tony said this. I'm going to have to look this up later. Lord, help me. I want to know if that's true. Lord, help me. And, and you're meditating and you're praying. You're thinking about God's Word. You're thinking about Jesus and what He's done for you. Just meditating on Him. How much time do you actually spend doing that? Because you've been my help, therefore the shadow of your wings, in your, under the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. Think about this. Think about some of us who have experience with God. Think about some of the things He's already done for us. Has God done anything for anybody in this room? Have you seen God come through in a, in a, a spiritual way? In a, absolutely. Absolutely. See, because I've seen Him work in my life, this is what the Scripture says, because you've, you've been my help, because I've seen you do this in my life before, I'm just going to stay under the shadow of your wings. I'm not going to look for any, anyone or anybody else. Amen? Okay, let me get through. Uh, my, soul follows, uh, uh, my soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. My soul follows close behind you. What does that mean? Notice he's not saying his spirit. My soul. You know, my thoughts, my feelings, who I am. It's lining up with you. It's going toward you. It's following you, your word. Right? So now your decisions and your thoughts and things, right? It's more in step with God. Your right hand upholds me. My brother and sister, I'm just going to leave you with this. I've got more. We'll just do it next week. I just want to leave you with this. When I was young, I really idolized my father. He was, he was like my hero. So every chance that I had to spend time with him, I did. And, and you know, fortunately for me, you know, he allowed it. I mean, he was, he was always working or whatever. So if he was working, I went to work with him. If he was, because he didn't have a lot of money, he had to do a lot of things on his own. He had to do a lot of side jobs and I would be his laborer. And so, from being his laborer, you know, I, I got, you know, better, better build, athletic body. If he lifted weights, I want to go lift weights with him. So, I, I received the advantage of all that. When he was lifting weights, he'd teach me what to do. I'd start doing that. So, when I got to high school or even middle school, I was pretty good at athletics. Whenever he went to, him, him and his brother played sports all the time. I was always with him. You know, whether it's football, softball, wherever it was they were doing, I'd try to be there. 
And so then even he's working on his car. So I'd be right there. Sometimes getting in the way, but most of the time just being there. I was like his shadow. I was like his shadow. So here's what happens now. A lot of the things that I know now, I learned because of being in his shadow. And so now, you guys know, many of you know my son and then his son, Dominic. Dominic's here every other week. So a lot of times when we leave, Dominic says, Pop, I want to ride with you. I said, okay, if your daddy says it's okay. Yep, daddy said it's okay. All right. So me and Dom ride home. Now on Saturdays, him and his dad do something. They do yard work. They work on cars. They do something together every Saturday. And Dominic, I told Anthony, my son, a long time ago, he's like a mini you. You should just wear him on the front of you. You know, when he was smaller, he's like a mini me to you. And Dominic loves his daddy. And Dominic, you know, we're going home, and usually Dominic will brag to me about what they did the Saturday before. Pop, man, we did this, and, and we did that, and my dad, he knows so many things. And you know what? He, he showed me how to do this, and you know, and then every once in a while, my son will send me little pictures of Dom, his son, you know, throwing sod or doing this yard work and all that. And Dad taught me how to... I said, really? That's awesome. I said, now you, you're going to be able to do this with your son and you're going to be able to teach it. But just by being with his father, in his father's shadow, he's learning all of these things. And he's, listen, it's steering his life. It's, it's steering him. It's, it's informing him. And so now he gets to walk in his life a certain way. And I'll say this, Dom, yeah, he's, Pop, my dad knows a lot of things. He knows a lot of things. He's, he loves his dad, idolizes his dad. I said, really? He said, well, we, yeah, this day we did this. So, Pop. I said, let me ask you something, Dom. Where do you think your dad learned that? I don't know. So I, I give him the old sideways stink eye. What? You, yeah, but that's the way it is, my brothers and sisters. And that's the way our daddy, our father God wants us. If we're living in his shadow, if we're close to him, my brothers and sisters, he's going to rub off on you. You're learning from him. He's going to empower you to do it. No, give me that. You don't, need, you don't know that. Give me that. You don't, no, my, my dad, my, go ahead, try it, son. No, 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 do it this way. No, 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 do it this. I remember when my son, we were putting sod in my yard, the first house we built. He was a toddler. He, he had to be maybe two years old. Man, he, I'm, I'm throwing sod. You know how you drop it and you kick it in? You know what my son does? He's watching. Then he picks up the little broken pieces because he can't handle a big piece. He picks up the little broken... And I, and I sat there in amazement. I watched him. He dropped it in the next spot that was empty and he got that little foot and he's trying to kick it in because he saw daddy do it. What do you see in your daddy do? What do you see in your daddy do? Your daddy loves unconditionally. Your daddy loves you with a love that's everlasting. Your daddy wants to hold you close. Amen? Let's dwell in the shadow of his wings. Stand with me, please. I thank you for being patient with me. We're going a little bit long again. But Our Father in heaven. Heaven is your throne. Earth is your footstool. 
But Lord, you are here, present with us by your Spirit. Lord, we love you. Lord, we receive your word. Lord, we ask that you would please speak to us. Give us a hunger and a thirst because of your word. Father, allow us to rely upon your word. Nothing else. Not a variance of it, but Father, thank you for your word and allow us, Lord, to be hungry and thirsty for all of you, your word. Father, thank you for the blood that you sprinkled on our hearts. Father, that we may have this close relationship with you. Father, we confess that as humans, we've made some mistakes and there are times when we look to get out from the, the shadow of your wings, try to do things on our own. Lord, forgive us. Lord, help us in light of what you just taught us to continually be meditating on staying under the shadow of your wing. Father, by just clinging to you through your word, by continuing to meditate on you, continuing to praise and, and praise you with joyful lips and being thankful for all of the things that you've already done for us. And Father, I know that even if we find ourselves in difficult situations, that you're there. And that in those times especially, Lord God, you will be ready to hold us close. So Lord, continue to be with us. Touch us by your word. Meditate, Holy Spirit. Help us to meditate on your, your word, Holy Spirit. And allow us to be fruitful. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.